and the Cougars will be donning some new drip. And it's a knockout! See what I did there? I did indeed. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 3rd. I am Spencer Linton. He is ombre helmet collector, Jerem Jordan. I didn't know what that word meant until uh, today. It's, the, it's kind of a, a blending of colors from one to another, right? Uh -huh. Which, if you missed it, BYU football wearing some serious, awesome swag against Notre Dame Saturday. Check this out. Gentlemen. That is a clean look, but it doesn't exactly scream fight night in Vegas, if you know what I mean. I don't know if we got time for anything else. Come on, this is Vegas. Anything's possible. Let's see if we can call in a favor. Yo. The winner and the star of the headline show in Las Vegas is Matt Franco! Yeah. No, I'm backstage at the link right now, but uh, if you need my help, I'll be there. Cool. I'm on my way. What's going on, guys? What's, What's up, good? Man? How are you? Getting ready for the big game in Vegas? Yes, sir. Yeah, Puka, you, uh, is this what you're wearing, or? Yeah, how do you, what do you think? Well, I, I heard you guys would need a little help with the uniforms, but I could probably help you, but I need to know what you want to do. Okay. But don't, don't tell me, though. I want you to just visualize in your mind right now your ideal uniform combo. Think about it. Think about the colors. Don't say it yet. Just think it, right? And I want you to focus on the helmet. I'll sketch a little something for you. Go grab the markers. Thank you. I'm thinking royal blue. Obviously, someone's got royal I'm right now. Royal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me add some of that in there for you. Uh, here, yeah. Someone's thinking a little bit of I'm black, too? black. A lot of a lot black. Of black. Like yeah? That. Oh, a lot. Yeah, All right, hold on. Let me see if we can do that. Black, and okay. I don't know helmet-wise exactly what you want to do. Is this kind of looking like something like what you want? I think we can put it together. I'll tell you what. It's a little bit easier if you put it together like this. Oh! <laughs> Now I want you to hold it so they can see. We got the helmet actually is royal blue, but then it turns into black. It's almost like a magic trick in itself. Hey, I hope you like it, guys, because I'll tell you what, that's what you're wearing. <laughs> oh, and the best part? For football dude dude that was awesome and uh it was it, that was great matt franco and forrest griffin involved and i've seen that i think three times now and i noticed another thing or two the from the first time oh so many tricks there uh yeah fantastic stuff amazing incredible production quality right there it's good to have connections uh with your puka nakua and the ufc
He knows Dana White? <laughs> yes, what, he does. What's the connection? Dana White's kid grew up with Puka Correct. or something in Vegas? Yep. Yeah, yeah grew up yeah. together. I did the thing where I asked a question, but I knew And then the you answer. answered it. You That's knew the answer. It's super annoying to me when people do that. I just did that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, on today's show, hey, it's BYU-Notre Dame week. Big game, big unis, big conversation. We'll discuss a lot about this matchup, including ESPN's uh, Trevor Maddich joining the program. An amazing Cougars in the NFL Sunday, highlighted by the return of Zach Wilson and the return of me being competitive in fantasy. Mm. And Cosmo goes viral again. Again. He does his thing. But first, let's cook up some headlines. BYU football jumps three spots in the latest Associated Press poll to number 16. Hey, there is power in just winning, even when it's ugly. Ten top 25 teams lost over the last weekend, assisting in BYU's rise up those rankings. And for those concerned with the coaches or SID poll, and I know you are, Jerem. Love the SID. BYU is also number 16 in that poll. Uh, cool, man. Cougars in the NFL, what a day. And Zach Wilson's return to the Jets. He went 18 for 36, 252 yards, one touchdown passing, two picks, had a receiving touchdown. What? Hit the gritty after. Wilson finished the game 10 of 12 for 128 yards in the fourth quarter in the touchdown. Back-to-back scoring drives to win at Pittsburgh. Clutch. Big time. Big time. Jamal Williams had 19 carries for 108, two touchdowns for the Lions, and a loss to the Seahawks. And Taysom Hill had a rushing TD, five carries for 21 yards. In Charlie, England for the Saints, and a loss to the Vikings. Crazy finish there with the midfield. Other Cougs in the National Football League. Tyler Algier had a breakout game. Yeah. Ten carries for 84 yards, a long of 42, one catch for 20 yards, and a Falcons win over Sione Takitaki, who had four tackles, and the Cleveland Browns. Dax Milne, one kickoff return for 18 yards, a couple of punt returns, and a loss for his commanders to the Cowboys. Kyle Van Noy, four tackles and an L.A. Chargers win over the Texans. Fred Warner and the 49ers take on the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams tonight. That has fantasy implications, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Number 15, women's volleyball beat Gonzaga in four sets Saturday in Spokane, led by Ann Livingston, 17 kills and a career-high 18 digs. Cougars return home to host Santa Clara. Thursday night, eight, uh, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. BYU women's soccer playing to a 0-0 draw at St. Mary's in their West Coast Conference opener on Saturday. The ladies back in action Wednesday at home against San Francisco. That too on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. Swim and Dive competed in the, in the Intermountain Shootout Friday and Saturday, winning 15 golds, 12 silvers, 11 bronze medal finishes. Won the meet with a score of 1,141. BYU men's tennis in action today at the ITA All-American National Championships. The tournament stretches through the week. And men's rugby beat up Colorado State 86-9. They are coached by the great Steve St. Pierre. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Underdog in Vegas, mm -hmm. BYU a field goal, exactly, as an underdog heading into uh, Sin City. Jerem, do you like BYU going into this game 4-1, and one, ranked number 16, but as a three-point underdog against Notre Dame? I don't like it, Spence. I love it. Oh. Because BYU is 4-0 and as a dog this year. 4-0! and The one that BYU lost, they were the favorite. Uh, it was Oregon, right? Um, and that's okay. I think BYU plays better as a dog, better as the perceived, hey, we don't have the target on our back. We're not ranked 12th going into Autzen. Obviously, that'd be tough, even if you were the number one team in the country to play there. So not a big deal, not that big a deal there. But it is interesting to see how this line has evolved over the past couple months, obviously because you play some games. But when it opened in May, Notre Dame by 9.5. 
Um, and then even, even weeks and, and a month or two ago, it was different. BYU matches up with Notre Dame in a way where this is going to be a fun, a fun game. Now, the way BYU played the last couple of games doesn't give you a ton of confidence against Notre Dame in a vacuum. But when you've actually watched Notre Dame and you actually see the stats for Notre Dame and the injuries and the toll of, the, uh, you know, of, of losing at Ohio State, most people would. Even Alabama, Georgia, maybe probably lose that game, right? Um, but Notre Dame put up a, a decent fight there. But when you lose to Marshall at home and you play Cal close at home, and then you explode uh, for, what, 45 points, I think, against North Carolina, uh, or 42. Certainly, you feel like, oh, the offense will cut for Notre Dame. But they gave up 35. Like, Drake May is a good young quarterback for North Carolina. I like BYU's chances here in this game against Notre Dame. It's mighty Notre Dame. We're not going to care what their record is when the season's over. We're just going to cherish a potential win there. No one knows or cares what Notre Dame was at 94-04. and They were 6 uh, five and one and six and six respectively. Those, that's a big win no matter what because it's the Golden Domers, it's Rudy, it's Touchdown Jesus, it's the helmets, it's the it's the four horsemen, it's everything. I'm stoked that BYU's a dog because now I think BYU can go. Hey, people say we haven't been good enough the last couple weeks, and you haven't. And oh, it's Notre Dame; they're the favorite. I love that BYU walks in here with some extra motivation. I am in favor of BYU being an underdog in every game from here on out, if possible. Every game? I'm fine. East Carolina I'm fine, fine with that. Because Utah Tech? It just establishes <laughs> an expectation of, yeah. oh, well, BYU is not supposed to win the game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, BYU was actually an underdog going into the Oregon game. Even though they're a higher-ranked team, they were a three-point underdog against Was BYU Oregon. the favorite at home against Baylor? Am yes. I off on that? Okay, so yes. three and one then. So BYU covers in, in double overtime. They were a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Baylor. They win by six because of the overtime touchdown and how that I game I take it out. all back. Okay. But still, the idea remains that BYU as an underdog, for me, is just a much more comfortable position to be in mentally as, you know, trying to put the chip on the shoulder and hoping that BYU establishes a little bit more of that physicality that they had early in the season. You know, whatever it takes to get them – ramped up and going again because for whatever reason it just hasn't the sharpness the discipline it hasn't been there the past few games so maybe if you hear all week you're the number 16 team in the country you're four and one Notre Dame's two and two not receiving any votes zero at all Crazy. in any poll just like we thought at the beginning of the year <laughs> and yet the Irish what are the clear favorite according to Vegas so if I'm on BYU well is it clear it's just by Okay. No, three. Well, it's, at I a, mean, it's at a neutral site, too. So, so if this game's in, in South Bend, they're saying Notre Dame's probably six points better. Yeah. This is three's, interesting to me. Three's not much. I, okay. it, like, it's not a touchdown. It's not two scores. No, this is a fair fight. It's, it's interesting to me. If, I'm, I'm going to take it and utilize that to my psych and my Do it. as much as I possibly can. Like, they think Notre Dame is just straight up better than BYU on a neutral field, even if it's by three points. You're the number 16 team in the country. Go and Prove it. We talked to Matt Berry of ESPN last uh, Thursday, and he said the thing he likes most about BYU's schedule is they have undoubtedly back-to-back -back opportunities, a chance to prove that they are legitimate once again, that the Baylor win wasn't just a one-off, that the Oregon game was an aberration. Now you have a chance to prove it, and if this allows you any type of psychological advantage knowing that you're an underdog, exploit that. Utilize it all week. If anybody's listening to me on the BYU football team, People don't expect you to win. 
Like, the Vegas insiders do not expect you to win against a team that's not receiving any votes in the AP poll, and you're the number 16 team, so go and prove it. The last two weeks, we have held BYU to a Vegas standard as well. Vegas says you should win by 24. Vegas says you should win by 21. BYU didn't do that, and there was disappointment. I wonder if BYU just needs a matchup like this to show up. Like, Oregon was one thing. Baylor at home was like, BYU had, was, got way up for that. Home yeah, opener. No question. The game last year, dot, dot, dot. Notre Dame has certainly been uh, on the schedule for, uh, on the mind for a while. We've hoped for this game for a long time. It didn't happen in Provo. I don't think the team's ticked about it. I think the fans maybe are over it now. Maybe they're not. Wanting that at home and being so bummed about that not being the case. There's a lot of reasons to be ticked off and go into this game and prove yourself. Which, by the way, uh, there's a huge, huge gap between metrics and polls right now with BYU. Metrics, Massey is a compilation. 38th, FEI, 38th, SP+, 39th, Sagarin, 42nd. They're telling us that BYU is yes. good, but not great. Yeah, BYU yeah. has a chance to prove it's very good the next two weeks. Those metrics favor Notre Dame. Absolutely. And they would. Uh, they would because Notre Dame. But metrics typically take out the, the shininess of the program. It's just what you've done on the field. Yes. Notre Dame is certainly vulnerable. Playing with Drew Pine, the backup. Uh, the, offensively, Michael Mayer may be the best player that BYU plays on any opposing team all year. Like, that dude is first round, best tight end in the country. Amazing. Mm. Like, incredible hands, dude. Like, he's 6'4", like 260. No one, like, you can't box him out. He's super physical incredible catch radius like against Notre Dame on third down they just find him they just find him and he is going to be tough to stop but if BYU can run the ball enough and Jaron Hall can carry BYU this is a Jaron Hall game by the way this is a Jaron Hall game he can put a ton of film out there that can help himself and BYU because when you play Notre Dame and it's on NBC people watch yeah people watch this is a huge opportunity for a Cougar team that should be hungry based on not performing up to standard the last two weeks. I'm excited yes. that BYU has this game when it has it because it's game six now. We're in the middle of the season. You find out who you really are around this time. You want to know what Notre Dame is? Notre Dame is a lot like Baylor, Jerem. Really solid defense, pretty stout run game, and a relatively young but capable quarterback, but prone to some errors if you can get to him. Yeah. Notre Dame is another version of Baylor. Hey, by the way, Baylor just outside the top 25. Like, I feel like Notre Dame's in that kind of genre with Baylor. It's going to be a very physical, perhaps low-scoring game. Yeah. Let's go, man. Okay, topic two. Which career in the NFL had the best weekend? There are several great yes, candidates. Yes, amazing. But it's not close, Jerem. It's, it's not, not. I agree. even close. We're going to have the same answer, and it's Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> 100% it's Zach Wilson. Yep. Because Zach Wilson became clutch Zach Wilson yesterday. In the fourth quarter, when it matters most, in years past, for decades it feels like if you're a New York Jets fan, when all hope is lost, the Jets are going to lose. Jets are going to – they don't – they don't even if you have in the fourth quarter no. on the road. They also don't have a quarterback who catches a touchdown pass. The Jets don't rally in the fourth quarter at, on the road. Against Pittsburgh, no less. Okay. Like, that's a tough place to play. Say what you will about the Steelers' offense, and it's bad. And it's Their bad. defense it's is pretty good. Their defense is still pretty good. Yep. Zach Wilson was almost perfect in the fourth quarter. And to watch like prominent members of the New York media 
headlined by Mike Greenberg of ESPN, who is a lifelong Jets fan, kind of just... Yes. <laughs> Fall in love yeah, with Zach Wilson, all over baby, again. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, sigh, Zach Wilson. Like, I was watching well, Matt Greenberg the only do one. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just swooning over that, his A lot of swooning going over Zach. Capabilities yeah. yeah. Was really enjoyable. Like, he made a name for himself yesterday by rallying the Jets to a win against the Steelers. The Jets are 2-2, two and two, so now, like, all Jets fans are like, Hey, Brady Quinn, how about that 0-4 start you called for from the Jets? Or Stephen A. Smith, you said the Jets were going to be 0-4, and they stink. Maybe they're turning the corner. Maybe they found their quarterback. For right now, because it was his first start coming off injury, and he did that, you gotta feel he good. clearly had the best weekend of any BYU yeah. football player in the NFL. Not even close. Highlighted by the fourth quarter. Because going into the fourth quarter, he's 50%. Completion rate. It's not great. And he's playing he's, with two offensive linemen that aren't – like, he's lost two of his best offensive yes, linemen. There's always something with the Jets, right? But he had thrown two picks. One was a tip. It wasn't his fault. The other was his fault. Um, he catches a touchdown. But the two drives at the end of the game, when you're de- – they're up 10. Now they're down 10 in the fourth quarter. And he goes 10 of 12 for 128 Ooh. to touch in the fourth. That's big time. And it wasn't like he played the crappiest – wasn't like he played at Jacksonville or something. You know what I mean? Where no, this is at Pittsburgh. Like this is a tougher situation. I know Ben Roethlisberger is not there, and this isn't like five years ago or whatever. But that was impressive. Jamal Williams leads the NFL in the touchdowns, by the way, rushing. That's amazing. He's playing so yeah, well that, right it, now. It, it was great. That's the saying something because Jamal had an amazing day. So as did Tyler. Ran Edgier. all over my Seahawks defense. Just stiff and stiff arming fool. It's still not close because Zach was so good. Zach was so good, and and. Uh, Taysom Hill scores a rushing touchdown. So he had five touchdowns from Cougars. I, there's not a good category or uh, you know base to look at this, but I would guess that that's up there in BYU history as to a amount of touchdowns yes. from Cougars in a single day in the NFL. You're leading the NFL out, in touchdowns. And then shout out to Tyler Algier, 10 for 84, had 20 yards receiving as well, so he goes over 100 total. That's pretty awesome. That was a great day for the Cougs. How the about NFL. Jamal? We'd love to see the Lions get a few more wins. I know you're Seahawks, but like. I don't actually want Seattle to win this year. I want a great quarterback. Tank for Jaron. Tank for Jaron. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Tank for Jaron. Our question of the we'll day. We'll have to tank. He'll be there. He'll be there in the first Do game. you like BYU football going into the Notre Dame game as an underdog? Yes Come on. or no? Come on. Let's hear from you, BYU Essen, and Voice of the Nation. All right. Coulter Gill on Twitter says, yes, because in recent games, BYU comes out swinging if they are the underdogs – while as when BYU is favored, they don't play with the same energy. Now, again, as I pointed out, BYU was the underdog against Oregon, but that feels like a different scenario because you're playing at Autzen Stadium. Oregon is clearly a team desperate to prove something after they were embarrassed by Georgia, we and we knew, they did. We knew they were good. We didn't know how good. They were they, they're Oregon's up to 12, good. right, where BYU was. So, oh, and w- wouldn't you know, week-to-week variance. Georgia beats Oregon by 46 and has to survive by four against Missouri. Kent State, 22 points last week. So does Missouri. that mean Kent State would beat Oregon head-to-head? Kent State is the best team in the country right now. And, in fact, they're going to talk about it coming up on the Coordinator's Corner. <laughs> no, no, no. Gregor Bell is joined by Aaron Rodgers. Golden Flashes. Ed Lamb. So they're not, no merely, not merely the Flashes. That's coming up at 2 Eastern time on the BYU app in this very studio. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us to look ahead to the Notre Dame game. How does BYU clean things up specifically in their run defense and beat the Irish? Tells us next on BYU Sports Nation.
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Think if you could have all the hours. Hall of Famer, how did you not rank? MVP, I'm the better to the ship. Hey, you looking at a champ. Hey, you looking at a champ. You looking at a champ. You looking at a champ. Hey, all I do is win. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on a Monday here in Studio B. I am Spencer Linton teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan for your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. It is our privilege now with those swaggy black uniforms in mind to bring in a guy who's not going to assess the uniforms per se, but he will assess the football this week between the Golden Domers and BYU. He is ESPN's Trevor Maddich joining us for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, here we go. Notre Dame week for BYU. The Cougars trying to get to 5-1 and one as the 16th-ranked team in the country, but they're a three-point underdog. What do you think of the line that has BYU as an underdog against Notre Dame? I, I think that's kind of fair. BYU's, not BYU's, ESPN's Football Power Index, the FPI, gives BYU only a 30% chance to win this game. And that takes into account a whole lot of things. So that, that three-point underdog actually seems to be pretty fair. Okay, BYU-Notre Dame. We've got the line. We've got five games worth. Notre Dame had a bye. Their, woke, their offense woke up against North Carolina. Granted, they gave up a bunch of points too. What do you think of this matchup, especially after BYU coming off of two wins at home, but a lot of the fans base feels like, and us, feels like they could have done more? This actually is a, a pretty good matchup in favor of BYU, at least when you look at their offense against the Notre Dame defense. The Notre Dame defense is the strength of their team, but the teams that have done the best against them have been able to throw the ball down the field. Their previous game against North Carolina, Notre Dame dominated most of that game, but in the second half, quarterback for North Carolina, Drake May, started throwing the ball down the field, and he had success. He had some big passes that kind of kept them close. And BYU's got the ability to do that. They've got the offensive line to protect. And if the receivers are relatively healthy, they've got multiple guys that'll give Coach Roderick, offensive coordinator, and Coach Sataki, the passing game coordinator, Fessy Sataki, the ability to scheme matchups. And so BYU's offense has things that they'll be able to do to move the ball if they can execute. On the other side of the ball, it's the opposite. Notre Dame's offense is very much built on running the ball downhill. They've had three running backs emerge, so they'll have a, a stable of fresh backs to pound the ball. And the offensive line, early in the season, struggled. They had some injury issues. They've got guys that don't have a lot of experience coming into this season at both tackles. I mean, the right tackle is a guy that, that is, this is his first year as a starter. The left tackle was a tight end in high school who's now building his way into the, uh, the starting role as an offensive lineman. And so the offensive line of Notre Dame has gotten better as the season's grown. And against North Carolina, they started really pounding the ball. It seems like they've matured a lot. Now, you can say that North Carolina's defense is not that great, but BYU's defense has not shown itself to be as good as they expected to be at stopping the run. So that Notre Dame rushing attack, will be key for the BYU defense. They've got to limit that, or else Notre Dame will just grind out the clock. Trevor, the question is, how does BYU's defensive front do that against a team like Notre Dame when the Cougars have looked definitely exploitable versus Wyoming and Utah State? What changes need to happen across the defensive front to be able to stop a running attack like Notre Dame has? 
Well, first, knock off the penalties. Quit jumping offside. Stop it with the personal fouls. Don't hurt yourself. Notre Dame will do plenty to try to, to hurt you in terms of your football success. And then you've got to be really stout on that defensive line. I, I wouldn't worry too much about the downfield passing game uh, for Notre Dame until they prove they can hit it because they've got their backup quarterback in, Drew Pine, and he's been efficient, but he doesn't have that big arm. And the receivers on the outside for Notre Dame are a work in progress. Where they're strong is in the passing game is it to the tight end and to the running back. So Michael Mayer is one of the best tight ends in the country for Notre Dame. And they're going to throw the ball to him a lot, right? So they've got to worry about that. They've got to come up and gum up the uh, short passing lanes and the line of scrimmage to stop that running game. So that's what they've got to do. And they've got to trust the corners to be able to lock up in man coverage. If they can do that, then BYU can bring extra guys up to the line. They can do run stunts and stunt up in the line. They can bring extra guys up to help with Michael Mayer. And that really is the key to success for BYU's defense. The We talk about stopping the run. The defensive line has to be stout and in the right place, all that stuff. But if the BYU corners can lock down on the wide receivers and limit big plays, then the other guys can come up and do stuff That'll help compensate for the the talent that Notre Dame is going to bring against them. I'm interested to watch the matchup with the guy you just mentioned, tight end Michael Mayer, Mel Kuyper's number one tight end in the country. He's got 22 catches for 233 and three touchdowns, which is half of their receiving touchdowns, by the way. He's super legit. How do you feel like BYU matches up with him? And then is there an individual that can that can guard him? No, no, I don't think there's one guy on BYU's team that can guard him, just because. He's bigger and stronger than the guys that could run with him. And he's too much of a route runner. He's got too much speed for the guys that are big enough to be able to actually physically match up with him. So that's a problem. That means that what they'll have to do is make sure that whoever is covering him be close enough to him that two things happen. Number one, Drew Pine, the quarterback, has to make a precision throw. And that usually will mean something up high where Mayer, if he can get up there and get it, there's not a whole lot BYU can do about it. The second thing is, is that when Mayer does make a catch, tackle him right there. Don't miss a tackle and let him run for another 20 yards. So he's a guy that you don't stop. Michael Mayer is a guy you need to limit. Where does BYU have a clear advantage against Notre Dame, in your opinion, Trevor? I think the, there's two clear advantages. One is the, the outside cover guys against Notre Dame's outside receivers. The second one is Jaron Hall. BYU is in much better shape than Notre Dame at quarterback. This is no disrespect to Drew Pine, but he's a backup who came in off the bench who doesn't have the experience of Hall, and he certainly doesn't have the big arm and downfield accuracy of Hall. That's the big difference. So that's why BYU's defense can afford to not sell out to get pressure on the quarterback, but Notre Dame's defense had better get pressure on the quarterback. And BYU's offensive line has been criticized for disappearing in the running game at times, and some of that's fair, some of it's not. But nobody disputes that BYU's offensive line is outstanding at protecting the quarterback. And so really the key for the win for BYU is for Jaron Hall to remain clean in terms of his ability to step into throws and have a clean pocket and let him be his best quarterback. Let him excel to the level of his capability. And if they do that, BYU does have a good chance to win this game. Do you feel like BYU has to establish the run to be able to win, or can Jaron Hall carry BYU to victory with the pass alone? You know, you know I, I think that he can carry them to victory with the pass alone if he gets protection. The problem, if you don't establish the run, is that the pass rush of the other side can tee off on you. 
And that, that's where the issue is. Normally, you establish the run. It slows down the pass rush. It makes play action work. You know, they have to bring safeties up. And you can throw it over the top and all the things that a good running game provides to the passing game. But Jaron Hall is so good. And the young receivers of BYU have established themselves as being dangerous so well. And then you've got the emergence of, you know, a stable of running backs that can do different things. But if you give Hall time to work, that I think you'd be able to overcome that. Now, it would put more stress on the offensive line if they can't run, because now Notre Dame's defensive front will play the run on the way to the quarterback. I mean, they'll just tee off to get upfield, and if there's a running back there, they'll go, oh, and you know, try to tackle them like that and let the linebackers clean up behind it. It's better if you can establish the run. But this is a this is a tough B, uh, Notre Dame defense, and so establishing the run would be uh, uh, it's doable for BYU, but it would be a great accomplishment because it's a, it's an outstanding opponent. Trevor, when you look back at BYU's win on Thursday against Utah State, without question, it was an ugly win. BYU was a twenty four point favorite; they win by twelve. But the Cougars found a way to win, unlike several other teams in the top twenty five and a turbulent weekend who did not figure out how to win. So is there just value in just getting the win regardless of how ugly or clean it is when you're just trying to stay nationally relevant like a team uh, like, like BYU is trying to do? Ultimately, getting the win is the most important thing. Survive in advance. I mean, look at what happened to Georgia. Georgia goes on the road to Missouri. Missouri hits them in the mouth. It was a tricky matchup for Georgia. Missouri just attacked the line of scrimmage and got into the backfield and disrupted the passing game and the running game from their own backfield. And then the defensive backs of Missouri jumped all over the Georgia receivers so that they had to have that precision pass, and there were, weren't very many yards after the catch. But at halftime, Georgia made some outstanding adjustments. The leadership stepped up, and they clawed their way back to win that game. That is kind of like what happened to BYU. They ran into an opponent in Utah State that had a new starting quarterback. They brought in some new uh, zone concept, option concept stuff that BYU didn't know to expect from them necessarily. And it kind of rocked BYU back on their heels. The leadership showed up at halftime and they clawed their way back. So there's a lot of value in that. However, BYU missed an opportunity. They missed an opportunity to be more disciplined, to be more focused, to not hurt themselves as much as they have this year. I mean, they're one of the most penalized teams in the entire nation in college football. And some penalties are inevitable. I mean, you'll have a holding call, a defensive pass interference. Sometimes you'll have a, a slightly late hit out of bounds. Not egregious, but just slightly because you're just flying around. And these kinds of things happen okay. But pre-snap penalties are unacceptable. False starts at home? Mm -mm. Defense jumping off sides? Never. And then personal fouls? Never, ever. And at this point, BYU has to prove that they're – a disciplined team and that's a weird place for them to be because all the penalties that they've had especially the kinds of penalties that they've had and the kinds of penalties they had against utah state uh, demonstrate that they have a lot to work a lot of work to do there and i would have preferred that they played a much more clean game against the aggies heading into notre dame because now they're going to have to put a clean stop to all the undisciplined plays that hurt them and play clean from the beginning against notre dame or notre dame's going to take advantage I'm going to give you a stat before I ask you a question. Since the start of 2019, BYU is 23-1 when the kickoff time is 6 p.m. or later, local to the game site. With that said, BYU and Arkansas, 1.30 Mountain Time coming up next week. What do you think of that kick time? That's great. It's fine. 
I mean, BYU, yeah, okay, they do great at night games. That, that's great. But football is football. And I can see if they went, you know, to the East Coast and there was an issue with uh, – or the West Coast, I guess it would be. Anyway, teams that travel against the time zone and they end up starting much earlier than they expected in terms of their body clock, that's an issue. This is not. You're talking about 1.30 mountain time. That's fine. And so I think that BYU has a chance to have a massive game in a featured national window. And I think that's a great opportunity for the team. And this Notre Dame game, FPI, Football Power Index, gives BYU only a 30% chance to win. But from this moment in time, and this will all change as time goes on, they are favored by FPI in all the remaining games. And so this it's, it's an interesting thing that that Arkansas game starting at 130, BYU right now will be favored by FPI in that game, regardless of the game start. A great point. BYU hoping they can establish some Lavelle Edwards Stadium magic even in the afternoon against Arkansas. But first, Notre Dame this Saturday in Las Vegas. Trevor, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Three-point underdog, he says. It's fair for BYU. It is. Given what's happened the past few weeks. And back to the Arkansas time, which just came out, right? Um, nine and ten before six. But I do recall USC. I recall Wisconsin being some notable wins before six. So it's not like BYU just automatically loses. But certainly if BYU's playing six or after, 23-1 and one is crazy. The one loss is Utah at home to open the 2019 season. What is Arkansas? And, again, this game will be on either ESPN or ABC, yeah. which is fantastic. Huge yeah. national huge. spotlight game. Yeah. Okay. You, the last spotlight game BYU had, BYU got exposed against Oregon. What so is, you, you hope it's different at home. What is Arkansas? I told you they'd have a tough slate. Lost to Texas A&M on a weird field goal. Probably shouldn't have lost that game. Get beat up by Alabama. Made it close for a little bit. With they were down 20 nothing. They scored 23 straight. Yeah. Now they got Mississippi State on the Thursday road. Mississippi on. State's ranked, and they got to come to Provo. What are they? Hopefully they they're just beat up and the yeah. BYU isn't after the Notre Dame. There you game. go. After further review, it breaks down the X's and O's like nobody else. So break down the Utah State game preview. The winning matchups against Notre Dame 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app tomorrow. And who knew Zach Wilson had pretty clean gritty in his uh, repertoire. <laughs> he, he, man, he pulled it off yesterday in a number of ways. But is that the best version of the dance? Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. There's more to this show than just the show. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live in Studio B. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated logistics shipping partner. Better jersey video reveal in our biased opinion, the BYU UFC Matt Franco video or the Notre Dame hangover video. Uh, it's clearly BYU. The production level of BYU. I mean, it was funny what Notre Dame did. Like, got a few laughs from me, but. Our audience isn't the audience for that one. <laughs> Is theirs? <laughs> I, I have no idea. That's a fair question. But I, when you team up with the UFC and you get a dude who's one of America's Got Talent and has his own show in Vegas, he's doing card tricks to reveal it. And it, I mean, just so many high level production elements in the BYU video. So yeah, in my completely unbiased opinion, I'm leaning towards BYU. Yeah, unbiased? Are you sure? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> BYU's was very, very good. And guess what? They got to go second in OT, if you will. They saw what Notre Dame did, and mm -hmm. then they could go from there. All right. 
BYU and Arkansas will kick it 3.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 1.30 local in Lovell Edwards Stadium against the Razorbacks on either ESPN or ABC on a scale of 1 to 10. How concerned are you with an afternoon kick time? Not concerned. Uh, certainly there's, uh, as Cougarstadt said, there's correlation versus causation. BYU isn't winning or not because of the time. They, there's correlation though. Uh, so sure, no, it's all sure. good. And the the games I referenced before of USC and Wisconsin, those uh, you know USC was 2019, but Wisconsin was 2018. So yes, BYU's won. What I re in the afternoon, what I really need though is Skycam. Please Skycam, love Skycam. The majority of the afternoon weird performances have been on the road. I you think about UAB, Baylor. Oregon. I know Boise State was an afternoon game, but the majority of these games, in my opinion, feel like they've been on the road. At least. And, and do we care before 2019? No, that not much? really. Not really. Because that was like sophomore Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen yeah. and, and Dax Milne. And Think guys. about BYU's and five guys. losses. They've gone 25-5 and five in the last 30 games. Think about the five losses. The majority have been on the road yeah. in those afternoon kickstarts. This is a home game yep. where BYU's won a big game. So I, I'd say I'm like a three. I'd love it at night because then I just feel like BYU's going to win the game. I feel They'll win the game. BYU's won 15 in a row at night. They'll win a, the game if it's like, at night. Now it's a little bit of, yeah, yeah. so I'm like a three, maybe a four on the concern scale. Not that good. Cosmo goes viral again with his uh, three-tier table push-up stunt. Is this in your <laughs> top five? Uh, sure. But I feel like it's like rotating constantly, like, okay, four <laughs> and five. Like, number one for me still is like, Probably the human pyramid dunk from the three-point line. Mm -hmm. like that. A three-pointer. <laughs> it was a three-point dunk. That, well, that and like skydiving into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Like that, that too is pretty insane at night, no less. So he, he's done some incredible things. Let's, yeah, probably like, I don't know, number four, number five. Just, just cycle him through because he does something viral like five times every year. I know it's not Tuesday, but I've got a top five. Let's go. Number five. Wow. Three-tier uh, three push-up uh, makes the list. Number five, okay. number four, the dunk from the yeah. three-point line that yeah. you mentioned. Number three, parachuting into LES during the Wyoming game. Number two, the performance with Ao and Teo at the Gonzaga game a few years ago. And then number one's the OG viral dance with Charlie Bird in 2017 uh, to Rolex. See, I didn't know if the dance is because the Cougarettes I, were involved there. So I didn't think it was just like, I, I thought it had to be like a cause, just a cause no, thing. I split them up. Uh, those those are my top five. Okay. Yeah. A solid top five. Yeah. Cosmo's the best. He really is. All right. A new bowl game has been projected from ESPN, uh, having BYU play Cal in the first responders bowl. Is Cal a more attractive matchup than the previous projections that feature the likes of Mizzou, Coastal Carolina, or App State? No. I would rather play those teams than, than Cal. Although Christopher Brooks, that storyline would be fun, but... No, Coastal would be the best, App State would be second, and then Missouri. I know Power 5, dot, dot, dot. App State would be a fun one. Uh, give me Coastal Carolina or Mizzou any day. I want, just, and, just a compelling And again, compelling don't, tell them, don't tell them until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first it was you, uh -huh. then it was Keanu Hill, uh -huh. and now it's Zach Wilson Yep. with the gritty in your, again, biased opinion, mm -hmm. as we see all three. How about that? Who, yeah, oh. Who's, who did it the best? Well, only one of us is a middle-aged vanilla man, Jerem. So I'd like to see Keanu and Zach do this when they're my age. And then we can really <laughs> assess who did it best, relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, I thought Keanu's was super clean. Zach's was really good. Um, mine, yeah. But only one of us also got a tweet from the dude who invented the gritty. That's true. 
That's true. I, I like all three. I think you really brought it. I liked Keanu's uh, technique just a little more. Keanu was really clean. Yeah. Super clean. Your, your, your steps were super wide for me. Yeah. Like it matters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was great. I don't dare do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, better personal moment over the weekend. Okay, th this is challenging okay. to say okay. the Okay. Your Seattle Mariners clinching a playoff spot in dramatic yes! fashion. Ending the longest uh, playoff drought in professional sports. Uh, 21 years. So great. Right in there. Or President Russell M. Nelson announcing that We're going here. there is a temple now happening in my old mission stomping grounds in Pusan, South Korea. I texted you immediately. Which I was like, straight dude. miracle that this is happening, in my opinion there. Yeah. Um, there's no wrong answer, <laughs> Jerem. There's no wrong answer. Uh, hard to top a temple. <laughs> But the temple known as T-Mobile Park also had a miracle, which was the Mariners making the playoffs. At bottom of the ninth, full count, tie game, Cal Raleigh, boom, just crushes it. Oh, to send them to the playoffs, so happy. We gotta get you to the game. I have tickets to the three wildcard games at all got, four ALCS we gotta, games. We gotta get the you there. Well, it's probably gonna be in Cleveland. You have seven different or tickets. Or in you have Toronto. Seven, you have tickets for seven games? Yes, I do. <laughs> I dropped 3,300 bucks in potential tickets. Now, if the Mariners play on the road, I get the wild cards back. But if they win that and they win the DS, I'm ready to go in the ALCS. Although I would take a uh, game in the DS. So let's go. <laughs> you know, football is Kalani's Taki airs tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, where they will break down the Mariners in the playoffs. Just kidding. Uh, big time matchup in Vegas, obviously. Uh, Cody Epps in the film room. Deep Blue features former football player turned actor Lungi Tuifua, and Gunnar Romney is the guest. Zach Wilson showed out for Jerem this weekend in our fantasy football head-to-head -head competition. Is it enough for Jerem to get the win? Let's go! With Fred Warner still playing on my team tonight. Mm -hmm. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Happy Monday, everyone. Spencer and Jerem here. It's time for our Fantasy Football Friday yeah. update. I am back in it, people! Some things still pending tonight. Monday Night Football. All right, let's go ahead and recap my points. Yeah. Jaron Hall put up 25 in Wallet. the win against Utah State. Gunnar Romney had five points. Yep. I did not start Jamal Williams this week. Yep, that, that was That one mistake. hurts. That was a mistake. That one hurts, but I had to go with my heart because Gunnar was playing his first game. Fred Warner plays tonight, Jerem. So I've got 30 points going into Fred Warner. Pretty good. Whatever he can pull off against the Rams. Fred, Fred is capable of a double-digit night. He is. He's awesome. Like tackle for loss. Like pick, six tackles. Fumble. Pick, fum force fumble. And here's the thing. You're going to need it because your boy finally has a lead. Zach is back. Look out, New York. Okay? 22 points. My, he's got that dog in him. 13, uh, 14 points, I thought, for uh, Ben Bywater. Bywater with 14. Okay, and then Miles Davis has three. So I've I've got 30. I'm I got eight. I got eight points on you going into the night. Now Fred could get you the win, but I need this. Fred is averaging. I need this. Fred is averaging just 5.3 points per week. I'm feeling so. good. So against the Rams? He may rack up a bunch of tackles. Who knows? We'll see. Is it at San Fran? It's, I believe it's at San Francisco. San Francisco. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I always say go other team, not name the So we're watching. So tonight is especially. We're watching Fred Warner 
to see if Jerem can hey. get out the schneid. Shout out to Zach. Shout out to Zach. Is my Zach perfect back record in, in peril? I have waited for Zach. Like, I picked him even though I knew it was hurt because I needed a quarterback on Jaron Hall thing here, and now we're going. Yeah. We're, we're, we, Team team Jaron, back win the, in this. If you win this week, now now it's competitive. Some hope is I'm restored down, for you because you're down 4 0. Down 0 4. You win this one, then, then maybe, right? Then maybe. Fred, no offense. I hope you get seven tackles and nothing. <laughs> okay? That's what I want. You want Fred to have seven tackles and the 49ers seven to lose? Seven tackles and nothing. Well, I, again, I don't really care. The Seahawks, Tank I, for want Jaren. A, I want a good quarterback. Tank for Jaron! I'm not in it. We, we won two games. I'm just like, hey, guys, settle down. Let's go. <sighs> good to have Zach. Indeed. Zach. Well done. Indeed. Okay, uh, unbeaten in its last three games, BYU Women's Soccer. WCC play continues, taking on, speaking of, San Francisco, taking on the Niners, 9 Eastern time, aka the Dons, on Wednesday night. And the ladies have a bunch of ties. Be nice to see they it. Killed, they killed overtime in the regular season. That's what happened. Changed everything. That's what happened. Be nice to see them get an overwhelming win against the Dons. All right, up next, your rise and shout out on a Monday. And it's a well-deserved one for a process that took a long time to bring out in the reveal of these uniforms. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Oh, the Royal Navy and the Black Baby for Notre Dame. Ombre. Ombre, you're my ombre. The show's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. Do you like BYU going into the like Notre BYU. Dame game as an underdog, yes or no? Who doesn't? I want to know that. Like, who does? Who's like, no, I wish we were favorite. Tanner Clements on Twitter says, if BYU plays like they did against Wyoming and Utah State, then BYU deserves to be the underdog. BYU can't play like crap, Tanner says, in the first half and just flip a switch in the second half against Notre Dame. BYU has to start the game like it's quarter three. Well, they BYU, just walk out with three. Hey, so I'll say this. Was BYU like this unbelievable first-half team against Baylor? No. It no, took, it was against USF. The it, first quarter was That's awesome. the only good first half that BYU's had. But USF stinks. All season. Yeah. yeah, and USF is, as you said, not good. Would BYU have been the favorite, Spence, if they had dominated the last two weeks? Or would it be a pick'em? Probably, probably a pick'em, or maybe Notre Dame by like one. If BYU had won by thirty in each, probably. Because there's not a lot of reason to believe that BYU is going to win the game if you're Vegas. Outside of, well, they beat Baylor, but it's like, well, but that was in Provo. That's been a minute in double right? overtime. Yeah, yeah. Baylor's a lot like Notre Dame. Physical. Again, I pointed this out earlier in the show. Very, very physical on defense. They want to run downhill at you methodically. Notre Dame going to run 52 times, though. I think they'll have more variance. They have, a, they have an elite player in Michael Mayer that they can really hit. They might throw 28 passes to him. They haven't, they haven't like, <laughs> found the other guys. Like, they're like BYU in terms of the rushing game where they have quality and they have several guys, but they haven't like said, you're, you're the guy. How much? Who's BYU's RB1? We're still asking that yeah, question. And, and Trevor Maddich said this earlier, and I agree 100%. BYU has a clear advantage in the quarterback matchup. Totally. 
In every game they play this year, they will. That, Even against KJ Jefferson next week, I believe Jaron Hall is a better uh, player than KJ. KJ is a very good player. Yes. But Jaron's a better quarterback. Man. That's a good matchup. It's, at I feel like Notre Dame has a better defense than BYU does for short. Totally. Notre Dame held Ohio State to 21 points. At home. Season opener. 21 points in that. Columbus. Yeah. Like, there's something there. Granted, they, they played, and they didn't – they played like a, like a just a base – Kind of shell defense. They made Ohio State make plays. Will they do that against BYU, or will it be more nuanced? Yeah. What does BYU's run defense do? Like, let's start there. It's got to show let's up. Let's start there. It's got to show up. Ain't All no right. Cooper Lega coming at you. Our elite voice of the day presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated from at Kip Kent. Absolutely likes BYU as an underdog. There is pressure in being the favorite, even if the margin is small. Loose. Plays better pressure, better than pressure every time. I like the way BYU plays when they play loose and the boys are having fun. Like they don't have something to lose. Go to Vegas, roll the dice, hey. play loose, have fun, and just win, baby. BYU does have something. There's a lot to of lose, Raiders though. vibes there. Number 16 in the country. They're playing for a ranking. They're pl- they're playing to prove that they are not just you know one good win against Baylor. Like, are they legit? I, BYU like if BYU does show up the next three weeks, Arkansas Liberty. BYU could be 500. Like, BYU has got to got show to up in the next three weeks. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to the folks with BYU equipment. Listen, Billy Nixon was working on that helmet for a long time. This production, oh. Josh Hewitt, huge effort went into this. Yeah. Social have media a, team as well, Tyson Hutchins, all these, Stu Cole, all David Amadova. I mean, amazing. And it looks great. Like, the video is great. The jersey looks great. It's a big-time situation here with Notre Dame Saturday. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. And the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Plus, get all your content on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis, no time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to John Walsh. We're going 94, the team that beat Notre Dame yeah. every, week, every time this week. Coordinator's Corner, 2 p.m. Eastern, back here in Studio B. Go Cougs.